Thanks for tuning in to Renoites. Renoites is a interview podcast hosted by myself, Connor McQuivy, here in Reno, Nevada. I talk to all sorts of folks from Northern Nevada. This is one of a series of bonus episodes that I'm recording live at the Riverside Farmers Market. We are between normal seasons of the Renoites podcast right now, but I still want to be able to share businesses, nonprofits, people's stories throughout the summer. One of the ways I'm going to do that is by being at the Riverside Farmers Market most Sundays at Idlewild Park from 8 to 1, and sharing some mini episodes, usually about 10 to 20 minutes, with some of the other vendors from the market. I hope you enjoy this one as well as the others to come. If you have suggestions for guests, please let me know. Send me an email, Connor, C-O-N-O-R, at renoites.com. Tune into the regular episodes, which will be returning in the beginning of September, and I have live episodes coming up as well. Of course, if you enjoy this show and appreciate the work that I'm doing, I would love your financial support as well. You can learn more at patreon.com slash renoites. And now this week's special episode live from the Riverside Farmer's Market. Sam D'Andrea, mm-hmm. welcome to Renoites. Thanks for coming on the show, stopping by the booth. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so we are, we are immediate booth neighbors. Your booth is right next to mine, and it is the Adula Co-op. It is the doula. Co-op. Yes. Can you start by talking about what is a doula? I just know that it's a, a pregnancy birth related thing, but I don't actually know what a, a doula is. A doula is anyone who supports people through the transitions in their life. So there are many types of doulas. Mainly people know them as pregnancy, birth and postpartum doulas. Mm-hmm. And there are also fertility and conception doulas. There are miscarriage loss and abortion doulas. And there are also end of life and um, death doulas. So there's a lot of preparation and emotional, physical, spiritual support Mm -hmm. and educational support that doulas can offer to people going through many of the transitions and rites of passage in their lives. Yeah. Um, What is the co-op part of this? So how does the organization function? The Doula Co-op is a hub for doulas as well as a, um, a hub for families to access doulas and childbirth education, lactation, etc. We don't employ doulas. We are a hub in the fact that doulas are their own contract workers and we are creating community partnerships and programs and doing big research and passing legislation, and we're doing all kinds of big work in the realm of doulas. But basically, the doula co-op is the space for the the premier space in Reno for, um, for yeah, getting, getting the support systems for doulas and for families. Yeah. Would you consider this kind of like alternative medicine, or is it like in conjunction with traditional medical care? Where does it fit into the whole scope of health care and medical care and what's Reno's environment like for the the doula world? That's such a great question. Um, A lot of times people think that doulas are only for natural birth, quote unquote, which is an interesting tagline because um, doulas can support people in all of the spaces that birth happens as well as all, all of the other things that we do. But if I'm specifically speaking of birth, then we have an interesting role where doulas have existed since the dawn of time <laughs> because what happened was when people were going through these rites of passage in their lives, they had support from their community, from their sisters or aunties or uncles or brothers or whomever was there for them came to support them in these spaces. And then as the Industrial Revolution you know, boomed, we kind of 
took those community spaces away from people in birth and in death and in all of those all of those spaces. So doulas come into the picture as being the support role for families throughout these spaces. We can exist. Actually, the doula co-op has begun the first doula program in the state of Nevada that is in collaboration with a hospital, the first hospital program. We are integrating ourselves into Renown as part of the healthcare team for the labor and delivery there in the Women's Health Center, as well as in the postpartum. Also, we just had legislation passed this year. Doulas were already able to become Medicaid providers, but part of the doula co-op's mission is to make doulas accessible to Mm -hmm. the community and to make becoming a doula accessible so that people can support themselves and their families and then also support the rest of uh, the families in our communities. We exist in those clinical spaces, but we are not clinical providers. And just like we could you know, attend home births or, or attend people at home, we also still are not akin to a midwife. We are, we do a lot of overlapping types of care with nurses mm-hmm. and midwives, but doulas are non-clinical support, non-medical support. So what we offer is mental, emotional, physical, and educational and spiritual support to families through the birthing process, through pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and then also, like I said, in the areas of death, loss, miscarriage, mm-hmm. um, fertility, et cetera. And are, are midwives more of a, a medical role than a, than a doula, but different than a, like a OBGYN kind of thing? Are they somewhere in that in-between area? So midwives would say they can work in hospital settings as well, but a midwife is, I would say, less of a trained surgeon. Like an obstetrician is trained in intervention and in high risk, and in, and they can do all kinds of births, but obstetricians have an eye for and the training for an education for being able to handle um, more mm, complicated cases. Mm -hmm. Whereas midwives mainly work with people who are lower risk or have no contraindications Mm -hmm. to um, having that type of less interventive care. Gotcha. Um, And then doulas, of course, are are sort of an aside to all of that. It's like doulas can exist in all of those spaces. And that's why it's such an interesting people don't always know what it is because it's such a fluid and flexible Mm -hmm. role. And like I said, it's also been it's existed in the community um, since since the dawn of time. And there's a lot that we can do and a lot of nuance to what we do. Yeah. What is your background with it? How did you get into this line of work and what's your history that brought you to what you're doing? Um, the history of me, well, long, long time ago. No, I'm just kidding. Um, honestly, and you'll get this from a lot of doulas because doulas, it's not like the best paid job and it's not, you know, the, um, the, the hours are wild. You have to be on call oh, lots sure. of times in your life. And, and um, that's why the doula co-op exists because there needs to be support and community for this type of job and this type of work. But my specific story came out of my own experience with my births and my children are 11 and six, Ellie and Ozzy. Through the birth of my first child, my daughter Ellie, um, I realized that birthing people need more support, more readily available information. And that came because I had experiences where I was seeking and needing those things. Mm -hmm. So. Nice. You mentioned that legislation was just passed. Can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about more of what's happened in this current session around this? I know there was also a 
uh, an end of life bill that was vetoed by the governor. And I imagine that yes. kind of overlaps with the work that you're doing. So can you talk about this current session and some of the legislation that passed and didn't pass? Yeah. Um, so I was only specifically involved with AB 283. There were many bills that I was following as well, but I am not as familiar with the end of life bill that did not pass and was vetoed. I do know that there was a bill. I'm not sure what the number and name was, but it was, um, we can now be composted in the state of Nevada. Oh, I heard something, yeah. but I didn't know that, that. So that that one passed that passed. Too. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I've heard a little bit about that, but don't know that much about that's it. That's a great one. But that was just something I was following on the side. So yeah. that's a little tidbit. <laughs> but um, the doula bill, AB two eighty three, two years ago, there was a doula bill passed that allowed doulas to become enrolled as Medicaid providers, so that we could serve the Medicaid population. There have not been any doulas in the state of Nevada who have enrolled as Medicaid providers since then, and it's specifically because the incentive is very low, mm-hmm. because what they wanted to pay doulas was not a living wage. And because we are on call two weeks before and two weeks after the birth, that's 24 hours a day, seven days a week for a month, mm-hmm. depending on, you know, you can't you can't schedule a birth. Right. Um, we can, but most people do not and (laughs) it's very unpredictable so doulas are on call and doulas have the kind of schedules and the kind of lifestyles that require them to only take a few clients Mm -hmm. per month or per you know whatever their um whatever their schedule looks like so we can only take so many clients and that way if we're being paid you know very little Right. We then cannot live and, and pay our bills. So the Medicaid bill for doulas, AB 283, is the reimbursement bill for doulas. And so now there is a standardized living wage that doulas will be able to be paid per birth. And there's also a 10% incentive to rural doulas to be able mm. to support the rural population because there is a healthcare maternity healthcare desert healthcare in general, desert in those spaces. And that's also where a lot more of the mortality and morbidities happen because of the inaccessibility to the type of care that they would need. So um, there's 10% increase in incentives for rural doulas as well. And it's really exciting because we are only a year old and we were able to get this bill passed within this first year. I know people were taking bills for Mm -hmm. years and that happens in a long-term type of thing. But we had a lot of really genius and wonderful doulas and mm-hmm. people assemblywoman chandra summers armstrong was our representative for that and so we were just really really grateful to have all of this support behind us and we got ab 283 passed this year so nice. that was really fabulous thank you governor lombardo <laughs> right. right on what was the process like as far as getting that proposed and passed were you up there in carson city were there people making comment what was that kind of like lobbying effort like for the, yeah. for the bill. It was pretty intensive. There was a lot um, to do. And I have never really been involved with my local government in such an intense way before. And I understand why people are a little bit um, opposed to doing so, because it's really it's there's a lot of up in the air times. They'll schedule the assembly hearings like the day before and mm-hmm. things and like lots of things happen where it's like, OK, you got to drop everything and go support or oppose or do what you need to do to like be heard and and so it's it was pretty hectic I was not a part of specifically writing the bill but I was a heavy part of going down to Carson City and supporting the bill in person and calling in with testimonies writing um, Nellis is the online website where you can Mm -hmm. go and um, view the bills and see all of the opposition and the support for them and put your um, written testimonies in there and so emailing calling 
all kinds of politicians. And it, it was a lot of a lot of days where we were really concerning ourselves heavily with that. And um, yeah, we we did a lot of work towards that. And, and I have to say, one of my co-founders of the Dula Co-op, Emily Barney, was a huge part in writing the language for the bill and presenting it mm-hmm. to the assembly people. And then there was also Assemblywoman Summers Armstrong, which was a huge effort from her. Um, we had our good friend and colleague Joyce Abang, who um, works for the Larson Institute of Public Health at UNR. And she she was able to offer her wisdom and her prowess in the social work arena and public health arena to just doulas are very well researched now and they're they've been around for a long time but they've been being researched for you know decades now Mm -hmm. and there's a lot behind the um, effects that doulas have on birth and postpartum and you know the maternal health outcomes yeah i was going to ask you about kind of the the changing understanding or information around doulas, because I don't think that I ever heard of doulas, mm-hmm. you know, when I was younger or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I hear more in recent years, both in kind of Reno in general, but also just more broadly, have doulas become a more kind of well-known, more mainstream, more understood field? And what does that look like over time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I would say so, yes. I've been a doula for the last decade. I I was trained in 2013, the year after my daughter was born, 2012. And and we're still doing a lot of like public outreach and educating people on what doulas are. But there is there are a lot more people who come to me and say, oh, my gosh, I loved my doula. I don't know what I would have done without my doula. And, you know, just people who have been really affected by how doulas have supported them and helped them. And I think that that has a lot to do with the newer generations coming up and recognizing like the need for more palliative care, the need for more holistic care. And that's not just alternative things. But I do feel like doulas have become more well known because of people searching for how how do we fill these gaps in mm. healthcare and a lot of it has to do with the emotional educational you know side of things where you're like oh i feel supported in these ways so i can feel more competent and confident in asking questions making decisions for myself and and then ultimately like owning the birth experience that i have or whatever experience you know because i felt like i was informed i felt like i was the center of my care mm. and able to make it informed decisions that felt good to me and like I was I was a strong part of my own care plan and care team. Excellent. Uh, How can people learn more about either the doula co-op or doulas in general? Where would you recommend people start if they want to connect or learn more? Well they can go to www.doulacoop.org. Doulacoop is (laughs) d-o-u-l-a-c-o-o-p.org and we have our directory of doulas on there. We're actually all over the state. So it's Clark, Washoe County, as well as some of the rural areas like Winnemucca, Fernley Fallon, etc. We are also recruiting doulas. We would love to do some research on cultural congruency in doula care. And so our research will focus on how culturally congruent doulas help to support and the effect that they have actually on uh, postpartum mood and anxiety disorders or what, postpartum. What does that mean culturally? What do you say? Culturally congruent. Yeah, what so is culturally congruent? Cultural congruency yeah. means that if you say are a BIPOC or if you have a spiritual disposition of some sort or any, whatever your specific unique identifications are, if there are culturally congruent doulas to that care, that means that there are doulas who also share those Mm. identifications and then you can 
be met and seen in those ways and supported in those more deep and intimate ways because the real gem of what a doula does is the relationship. And if these um, transitions of life are going to be holistically integratable or integrated by the people who are going through them, then they they need to feel like their nervous systems are, are able to calm and they are able to understand and be seen in these spaces um, of who they are and what they desire, really be heard in what they're saying they would like um, for their care. It is said and it is theorized, and we're going to do this research on this, <laughs> that um, that you get more of that feeling of being seen and heard in those spaces with culturally congruent mm-hmm. care. Yeah, that so, makes sense to me. Yeah, I would say so, right? right? Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and stopping by the booth. I'm glad we got to be booth neighbors today. Yeah. And uh, yeah, for folks who are listening, you can check out the website and learn more. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in to this special episode of Reno Whites from the Riverside Farmer's Market. If you have suggestions for future episodes or any kind of feedback, please let me know on Instagram at Reno Whites or send me an email, Connor, C-O-N-O-R, at renowites.com. And keep an eye on the podcast feed for more of these special episodes, as well as regular episodes coming back soon. I also have multiple live events. You can learn more about those on my Instagram at Renoites or at Renoites.com. Thank you so much for your support. See you soon. Mm-hmm.